Hey, thank you for joining me again today for Conversations with Ray Martinez. So the today's study is about John chapter 14, verse 1, and how we comfort one another. In this verse, it says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. Jesus comforts his disciples in this particular verse because they are worried about the future. He's told them that he's going to leave. And they're probably thinking, now what? He knows what bothers us. And he knows that our emotions tend to run interference with our reality or sensibility. After all, he gave us our emotions, but he also gave us the ability to comfort one another and to be comforted by Jesus. As we walk through this new era of the pandemic, we we can rest assured that people will die and some will recover and some will never be impacted directly other than their friends and family. Pandemics and epidemics have been around us forever. Three of the deadliest pandemics in recorded history were caused by a single bacterium. The plague of Justinian arrived in 541 CE. It was carried over the Mediterranean Sea from Egypt a recently conquered land paying tribute to the Emperor Justinia in grain. The plague ridden with fleas hitched a ride on the black rats that sneaked into the grain or were snacking on the grain. The plague really decimated and spread like wildfire across Europe, Asia, North Africa, Arabia, killing probably an estimated 30 to 50 million people, perhaps half the world's population. Obviously, those who survived had immunity. And the second one was the Black Death. Uh, That was the invention of the quarantine era that came along. The Black Death, which hit Europe in 1347, claimed an astonishing 20 million lives in just four years. (laughs) That's amazing. As far as how to stop the disease, people still had no scientific understanding of this contagion. That's when people started to be isolated and couldn't go anywhere until they could prove that they were not contagious. The Great Plague of 1665 was the last and one of the worst of the century's long outbreaks. It killed 100,000 Londoners in just seven months. All public entertainment was banned and victims were forcibly shut into their homes to prevent the spread of this disease. Red crosses were painted on their doors along with a plea for forgiveness and they would say, quote, Lord have mercy upon us, unquote. Smallpox was another one. This is, I'm giving you a fourth dimension, but smallpox was an epidemic to Europe, Asia, and Arabia for centuries. persistent menace that killed three out of ten people it infected. But the death rate in the old world paled in comparison to the devastation on native populations in the new world when the smallpox virus arrived in the 15th century with the first European explorers. The indigenous people of modern-day Mexico and the United States had zero natural immunity to smallpox and the virus cut them down by the tens of millions. There hasn't been 
a kill-off in human history to match what happened in the Americas. 90 to 95 percent of the indigenous population wiped out over a century. Mexico goes from 11 million people pre-conquest to 1 million. Centuries later, a smallpox became the first virus epidemic to be ended by an actual vaccine. I tell you these because this is important. These are devastations that people needed some help. They needed some comfort. They needed a way out. Out of these four major outbreaks, trust me, people needed this comfort. And where was that going to come from? When Jesus tells his disciples, don't let your heart be troubled, he was pointing out that we allow ourselves to be uncomfortable. As we see the word let suggests that we are allowing or giving permission to troublesome or uncomfortable situations to take control of us. Jesus tells us, don't do that. You don't have to allow it to overcome us, but we must overcome the uncomfortableness in our life with our trust in God. That doesn't mean we can't grieve and let our emotions out. What does get us into trouble is when we can't let go and we keep hanging on to the past. Jesus is our comforter that came to help us understand that all things work together for good to those who love him. When my father died on Father's Day night, I had his car, which he had very low mileage on, only about 8,000 miles on a 1974 Plymouth, and he died in 2000. I hung onto that car as a momentum. But every day I went out to that car, I was sickened by it because I couldn't get my mind off of him. I couldn't let go of the passion and the love that I have for my family, and I'm losing them all. And once I got rid of the car and donated it to a nonprofit organization to help single moms out, all of a sudden I released. I didn't need that anymore. And I knew he was in good hands with God. To be troubled, according to Strong's and Thayer's Bible Dictionary, means to be agitated, to cause inward commotion, take away this calmness of mind, to make restless, to strip, to strike one's spirit with fear and dread. It is to perplex the mind of one by suggesting doubts. We don't need doubts. There's plenty to go around. If we take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 7, I'm going to read it from the New King James uh, Version. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Think about that. God wants to comfort us, but we have to rely on Him. If we take just a look at Psalms chapter 23, verses 1 through 6, most of us are very familiar with this. It's a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He's treating us like sheep. He allows us to lay down in green pastures. That's what sheep like to do. He leads me by the still waters. Sheep get troubled very easily when water is rumbling or shaking. They get very nervous. But it says here, he calms the waters and he restores my soul. 
He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You are my rod and staff. They comfort me. Think about what he's saying there. The rod corrects, but that same rod can be used as a staff, which can rescue sheep who get lost. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. This whole idea of anointing our head with oil is what they used to do to the sheep. Many years ago, they put oil on their nose so their face wouldn't get bit by an adler popping out of the ground. It was to protect them. There are many giants in the Bible who have had their troubles. Isaiah, Abraham, Jacob, Job, Joseph, Paul, and a whole host of others. But they all had one thing in common. They eventually just turned it over to God and released themselves from the pain that they were going through. As Paul would say, when I am weak, then I am strong. In conclusion, let's consider this last story from the Bible that really sets the tone for not only compassion, but comforting, reassuring, and mixed emotions. It's John 11, starting with verse 1. And this is the story about Lazarus when he dies. And Mary and Martha, the sisters, are, are really taken up with emotions. They're emotionally upset about his death. But let's break it down and see how Jesus comforted them and others as well. I encourage you to take the time to read that particular chapter first. In verses 3 through 4, Mary talks about her brother being sick, but Jesus comforts her with words. In verse 11, Jesus comforts the disciples, saying that Lazarus is asleep, and he will wake him up. In verse 17 of that same chapter, nevertheless, Lazarus had been dead for four days. Clearly states that, and Jesus notes it. In verse 23, Jesus tells Mary that Lazarus shall live. He will rise again. In verse 24, Martha debates Jesus' reasoning and rationale. And in verse 25, Jesus comforts Martha and says, I am the resurrection. Believe in me and you shall live. In verse 26, Jesus asks the question, do you believe me? And then you go to verse 31, we read that the Jews were with Mary to comfort her. People believed in this comfort, it was important. In verse 35, we read that Jesus wept. Who's there to comfort Jesus? In verse 38, Jesus groaned in himself. This was very emotional for Jesus as well because Lazarus was a personal friend of his. He really loved him a lot. In verse 39, Jesus tells them to remove the stone. Martha, <laughs> bless her heart, humanly reasoned with Jesus that Lazarus was dead and he probably stinks. She didn't think it was a good idea. <laughs> I'm amazed at Martha. Jesus used holy reasoning in verse 40 and told her, didn't I tell you if you believed you would see the glory of God? It's almost like a parent telling a child, what did I just get through telling you? And then we look at verses 41 through 42. Jesus thanks and gives praise to God first before he asks for the healing or the resurrection of Lazarus. Hallelujah. In verse 43, 
Jesus cried out with an authoritative voice, Lazarus, come forth. Now that's power. As you know the rest of the story, he did come forth. You read in verse 44, Jesus commands them to loose him and let him go. I imagine he was hobbling around, being all bandaged up. When we read about Jesus and his miracles and healings, it's always with compassion, and he offers comfort. Are we good about offering comfort to other people? No matter how small the issue may be, can we comfort them? And if so, how do we comfort them? When we begin to have these troubling thoughts, we need to let our hearts be comforted by two key facts. Number one, Jesus has done everything that needs to be done for us to be welcomed into the Father's house. So we are children of the King. The second point is, know that the Holy Spirit lives in us to help us if we yield ourselves to his leading. When we rest in the salvation that Jesus provided and rely on the Holy Spirit to help us navigate the dangerous world around us, we can keep from being troubled in our hearts. Be comforted. Be assured. God bless you today. Thank you.